What's going on, y'all? I'm Obes. And I'm Cha. And this is a yet another episode of Run the Play, the podcast that's about sports, sports, and more sports. Uh, basketball and football mostly, college basketball, NBA basketball, college football, some NFL, when it's relevant. And if anything interesting happens in literally any other sport, we'll talk about it. Chat, what do we have up first? First up, we have this weekend's highlights. First things first, Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa's the. Oh, that's the, what. That, hmm? That's what's first. That's yeah. what's first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because because sure. they because okay. they ending. <laughs> Just off the end. Oh my God! Yes, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Listen, I didn't watch it live because I'm never gonna watch. So, so this is not the actual name of the game. But like the official like Twitter name of the game was El Asico. So for <laughs> for reference, when Barcelona and Real Madrid, I'll be in Madrid by the way, this coming week. May or may not be an episode on Thursday. But um when Real Madrid and Barcelona play, it's called El Clasico, because those are normally great games. El Clasico is Spanish for the classic, if you were unaware, uninitiated. So <laughs> most of the times Iowa and Iowa State plays it's trash. So they call it El Asico. <laughs> And this, this definitely lived up to that billing. Um, all right, I don't want to spoil it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, wh- how many points was Iowa uh, Iowa State down by at the end? Was it like one? It was oh, one. it was a single point, and yes. it was like a minute and a half left in the game, and they plenty forced, of time forced Iowa to punt, and Iowa State looks like they're about to to field it and like like you know average field position, maybe decent field position. And <laughs> his own, like the, the returner's jackass. own teammate, own teammate just runs right into him. And not only does he run right into the returner, but then the ball bounces off of his back as he runs into the returner. And Iowa recovers it. Game over. That's how the game ended. If Have you ever a- seen anything <laughs> like that before? I've never seen anything like I've that. I've never before. seen anything like that before, but that's something that would only happen in college football. That's something that only happened in El Asico. <laughs> Not even in high school football. Because the thing about high school football is like people ain't, ain't even that many people that's that athletic enough to even like run, Get like down beat, there. beat the ball. Yeah, beat the ball. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like that. <laughs> I didn't watch the whole game. I just saw that on Twitter, and I was like, "Wow, okay." Both these teams are trash. Here's here's what I don't. So I never played football. I've been watching football my entire life, but I never played, right? Which means I never played on special teams. So you played. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point, even in practice, you practice as a gunner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're running down, you're blocking the uh, the kicking team. You know, trying your best to give your returner a chance to return the ball, make a big play, right? Yeah. At some point, though, you have to look up and see where the returner is. So (laughs) if nothing else to know where you are in relation to the returner. This man did not do any of that. He just ran (laughs) down. I'm sure the Iowa player is like, surely this nigga is going to look up and see 
that he's about to run into his guy. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that's not. It's not like the Iowa guy pushed the gunner into his own returner. No, no, no. He was just covering the punt like he's supposed to. And this asshole for Iowa State runs into his own guy. Also, has the ball go off his back. And I'm just like, as a matter of fact, I'm looking. I'm like, you should be more upset about this than you are, fam. <laughs> it's like the like you like you just like now. I love people love to say it's never one play that cost the game. No, that play cost the game. <laughs> that play 100 percent cost the, the game. Because the game, the game seems like it, it seems like it was a cage match the whole game. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So so it really wasn't. It didn't see from the score and from the commentary online, it didn't seem like any one team had a particular advantage over the other and just squandered those advantages. It seemed like it was a pretty evenly matched back and forth game and every single minute, every single play counted. And when that's the case, then yeah, <laughs> I would have, that's like the one of the few cases where I would have to agree. You kind of cost them the game, buddy. Kind of absolutely, did. yeah. I've never seen that before. Like I remember last year, um, Nebraska. I don't remember who Nebraska played, but something crazy had happened at the end of the game, and somebody asked the Nebraska head coach Scott Frost why they didn't do like a more conservative play, and he goes, like, "The quarterback snaps the ball. It goes like the center snaps the ball. It goes off of the guy in motion and bounces right to the defense." Like I've never seen that happen before. I remember thinking. Yeah, I've never seen that happen before either. I've never seen a gunner pay so little attention to where he was in relation to the the punt returner that he would run into the punt returner and then also have the ball bounce off his back and get <laughs> recovered by the kicking. I've never seen that before. Like when you're when you put on punt return, you're thinking they're gonna do it just like we did in practice, and we're gonna get at least maybe five to ten yards. And we can work from there. No. This man literally ran right into... I've, I've literally never seen it before. I don't think it's ever I, happened I still can't believe it. In the, in, in the history of, of like televised football, I don't think it's happened, at least not in a televised game. But we got to move on to the next one. Yes. UCF beat the brakes off of Stanford. Uh, you remember we both? I think we both picked UCF to win. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I knew they were going to win that. I mean, I was going to be closer than it was, though. Nah, I, I didn't actually think that because UCF. Anytime UCF is ranked, that means they're really good. That means they're yeah, really good. but I, I I think I said like ten though. I didn't think they were going to beat them thirty eight to seven. I don't like remember they did. what I said last time, last episode, but I feel like in my heart, I feel like I knew that UCF was going. Like beat the brakes off of Stanford. They led that. They led at halftime, thirty-eight to seven. Um, then I didn't really watch the game. Uh, my feed was kind of messing up, so I gave up on that one. But when I saw it, I was like, "This game is it looks pretty lopsided so far." <laughs> that so. shit was crazy, bro. I've never, I've never seen a well, at least not in like a regular season. Because Stanford came into the season, people thought they were going to be pretty good, mm-hmm. and they are not. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn niggas got smoked, nigga. Goddamn <laughs> shit. I did not see that coming, man. For real. Like, for real, for real. Like, for real, for real. They got smoked. Wow. My goodness. What else happened Oof. in the Pac 12? Um, BYU upset number 24 USC. I didn't see that coming. Remember, I said, I think I said it was going to be close because I thought, you know, that's a really tough place to play. 
for a true freshman. Yeah. Really, that wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. He played not great, but he played fine, right? Mm-hmm. The issue is that Todd Helton is not a good coach, and he's going to get fired. That's what the mm-hmm. issue is. I see. Oh, no, excuse me. Clay Helton. Sorry, Todd Helton was a baseball player. Clay Helton uh. <laughs> is the head coach of USC. <laughs> also, a, a UH, ex-UH quarterback. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He played for his dad, who had a, a winless season at uh, USC. <laughs> was, that, was that in the 90s? <laughs> yes, it was. There was a lot of those in the 90s. All right. We were not good back then. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not in the nineties, no. no. Um, let's see. And lastly, I have um Maryland uh appears to have fallen back to earth. You know. I so know. <laughs> here's the thing that's interesting to me. So I didn't realize had I done more research, which we don't do that much research on this. We do some, but not that much research not, on this. Not as much as not, we not did. on Maryland. <laughs> no, we we don't do as much research on the show as we did on the chicken social. That required more labor-intensive stuff. Uh, Temple beat them last year. I didn't know that. So that meant going into this game, they were not afraid to play against Maryland, whether it was at home or on the road. Well, my whole and they th- showed it in winning the game. My whole thing was Maryland dropped seven or something and like fifty something. The first seventy seven, seventy nine and sixty three. Oh, sixty something. So my thought. Was well, they're at least gonna drop forty. E- e- a win or lose, they're gonna drop forty. Right, not no that's damn my thinking 17. as well. <laughs> that was my thinking as well, and it just did not, did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Jesus, I can't, I can't believe they lost. Like, well, I can't believe they lost. But I can't believe they only scored seventeen points. That's my thing. It's like, like win or lose, you, you only you got seventeen after you were mm. averaging like, like sixty. Or 72 or whatever it was. I, I'm not, you know, 70, 71. What, what's the exact math? 79 plus 63, that's 142. So 71. 71, okay. okay. Wait, is that right? Yes, yes it is. Mm. I'm, I can do math. Yes, 142. <laughs> <laughs> that's 71 points a game. Yeah. I did not watch that game because I thought, you know, I thought Maryland was going to blow them up. I, I even put in my notes. I said, how much will Maryland win by? I said 45. You said 50. <laughs> they, didn't even, they didn't even combine for that many points. Final score is 2017. Well, we should, well, Temple is typically a defensive team. I'll say that. So I, sure. I, so I should have given them more credit. But my whole thing was because, um, uh, was it Matt Rule was that his name? Yeah, uh, he, the coach is at Baylor now. Yeah, he left. When he left, Temple really fell off in the American Conference. So I was like, well, these boys ain't even good. And Maryland's showing that they balling out here. So... You know what I mean? So I thought, yeah. I, 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 I had, I, Maryland gave me every indication that they was about to blow these boys out. And you know what? I knew from the past you should never trust Maryland, and I forgot my instincts. So never trust Maryland. That, that's True. The- True indeed. So next up, we got to talk about FSU at number 25, Virginia. They almost did it. They almost did it. So I picked Florida State to upset uh, Virginia. Which is and, a funny uh, thing to episode. say. Which is a funny thing to say that Florida State has to upset Virginia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, I don't. I I don't think Willie's the guy, man. Unfortunately, um, hot seat Willie. Say it. Hot seat Willie. Hot seat Willie. Losing to Virginia in and of it's like in a vacuum because they're they're ranked. They're supposed to be pretty good this year. Losing them in a vacuum is fine. But after losing the way they did to Boise, uh, 
barely beating whatever HBCU it was they beat last year last week. Uh, he needed this one at least to get people off his back for for a week, if nothing else. And they had the lead. They're up two touchdowns. They lose by a touchdown. And he just doesn't look like he's under control in in uh, Florida State. Now, part of that is not his fault. Uh, Jimbo left him just a mess uh, at FSU. That's why Jimbo left. He looked around. He's like, this is going to be bad. Let me dip somewhere else. And uh, Willie, in his haste, decided he wanted to jump in head first. All money and good money, right? So, like, yeah, you want to be the coach of Florida State. You got support of people in the neighborhood and the community, all that. But you got to make sure it's the right situation, bro. Like, you got to look at that roster. Yeah. You got to look and see, like, are these people that we were recruiting that are here, and can we step in and be good right away? Like, like I look at Urban Meyer. Part of the reason he's been so successful, now he was a great coach, don't get me wrong. But part of the reason he's been so successful in his career is that whenever he took that next job, he looked and said, can I be successful right away? He he did not take a job where he could not be successful right away. And he and lo and behold, he was always successful right away. Nigga <laughs> 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 had no bad seasons whatsoever. Matter of fact, let me pull up this man's uh, career seasons. Urban Meyer. <laughs> then looking at people talking about he might go to USC. After this year, and he might. Sure. I am looking at this man's picture on his Wikipedia. He's like, Yeah, I'm finna win 10 games this year. Just just, (laughs) just doing a conference tour. Just a conference tour. When is he gonna land in the uh, ACC? Yeah, Urban Meyer's (laughs) worst record. Worst record ever in his career. Nine and four. Oh, excuse me, eight and five. That was his last year of Florida. It was his worst record ever. Eight and five. Worst. That's impressive. Like first year Bowling Green eight and three, first year at Utah ten and two, first year Florida nine and three, first year at Ohio State twelve and zero. So really, the moral is um, learn from Willie Taggart's and Rich Rodriguez's mistakes, and don't all money and good money. Look at the situation you're walking into. See the yes. the personnel that you're walking into. You know, like what what does the team have, and what strengths does the team have, what weaknesses does the team have? Like for example, uh, when um, Rich Rod got there, well, when Rich Rod was heading there, he thought he was going to have Ryan Mallett at the very least. Uh, when he got there, he had Stephen Threat and uh, Nick that, Sheridan. Nick Nick Sheridan who's a walk on who only went to Michigan because he wanted to become a coach. Yes, so he was he, never planning on playing. Had no intention to play quarterback. And they threw him out. Then he was the starter. Game one of Rich Rodriguez's tenure. All right. All money ain't good money, people. All money is not good money. But then I got to ask you, though. Is Virginia the real deal? They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Not going to lie. They're, they're not like, you know, like like a world beater type thing. Like, they're not like like, like top 10 potential, but they're, they're pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. Not because I didn't want to watch the game, because it was the primetime game on Saturday night. But it's because I don't get the ACC network. You know, I don't does. know. Yeah, nobody does. So how am I supposed to watch a primetime game, the primetime game, when I don't get the ACC network? And nobody gets the yeah. ACC network. I don't even know Can't how to do get it. the ACC network. How's that Can't work? Can't do it. Can't do it. Not today. Not ever. 
I can yep. tell by that reaction that we're about to talk about Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. Yeah. You go ahead. Let's you do start, that. You start yeah. it off. You start it off. Yeah. So I remember last week when my co-host so graciously played my audio talking about how trash that Michigan State offense was and how Tulsa was not actually good on defense. Michigan State was just that trash on offense. And then Michigan State scored 51 points on uh, Western Michigan and had over 200 yards rushing after I said they would have under 100 yards rushing against Western. Well, it was just one week off. I was just one week off. So Michigan State scored 10 points on offense against Tulsa. World-beating Tulsa. <laughs> they scored 51 points on what we now know. Because Western gave up 50-plus again last this past weekend. They're, they're, they're awful. Their defense might be the worst in college football. Seeing as they gave up 51 points to Michigan State. Who scored... Are you ready for this? Seven points against Arizona State. Seven. Now I'm on the family group chat during the game because I, I was at AfroFest selling goods for Niger, etc. Shout out Niger, etc. Go, everybody go out there and buy uh, goods from Niger, etc. at nigeretc.etsy.com. Great stuff there. Anyway, I was selling stuff for Niger, etc. with my mother. Our mother, excuse me. And I couldn't see the game. And I'm watching the group chat go by. People are capping a little bit. Not going to lie. People are capping a little bit. Talking about, oh, points don't tell the whole story. They got 400 yards of offense. They're, they're doing what they want on offense. No, teams that do what they want on offense score touchdowns. Michigan State scores seven points. I remember this offseason when Mark D'Antonio decided he wasn't going to fire nobody. Instead, said that he's going to keep the guys that are already there because they knew how to solve the problems and said that he would be, and I quote, irate if I brought somebody new in and this didn't work out. Well, let's see what you did, old Mark. You brought, you kept the same guys there, and guess what? It ain't working out. You have scored so far against real defenses, and we know Western is not that. Ten points and seven points on offense. You look exactly the same as last year. This offense is trash. Utter filth. Utter garbage. Everybody on the offensive staff needs to be fired. And then, matter of fact, you should look at the special teams coach to fire them, too. Y'all drove down to field goal range. A few and times, actually. 12 a few times. guys. No, I'm talking about on the last, on oh, the, like, the the last, last possession. Okay. Last possession. Y'all drove down to field goal range and had 12 guys on the field when your field goal kicker made the only kick he had made on the game. Got penalized five yards, and he just had just a, an abysmal miss, which would have sent us to overtime. And like I said two weeks ago, this offense is trash, and Mark D'Antonio can blame nobody but himself. He decided he's going to keep all these people because they're his friends or his drinking buddies or whatever. They all go to the same church, I guess. Right? I guess he thought maybe if he prayed hard enough, they'd be good on offense. Well, I remember back when I used to go to church, they said prayer without works is dead. You remember that? I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. Prayer without works is dead. You can pray all you want to. God says that if you don't do nothing, ain't nothing, ain't nothing gonna happen. Mark Antonio do nothing. Kept them same niggas with like the worst offense on the Big Ten last year and said, no, we can figure it out. No, you can't. 
No, you can't. And you're losing all your seniors that are even talent, even somewhat talented on offense. It's going to be even worse next year unless they go out and bring an entirely new offensive staff in there. Tight ends can't catch. Oh, I wonder why. Maybe because that trash-ass offensive line coach you had last year coached the tight ends now. Offensive line actually looks decent from what I understand. They look pretty good against Western. They looked good they, last week. They looked good yesterday, too. Yesterday, they, yeah, only, they, the only line up, not the problem. they only gave up one sack yesterday. Offensive um, line is not the issue. Nah. Um, Running backs can't, can't seem to spring open. Is you is you done yet, or, or can the person? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. No. No. I'm not. No. I'm not done yet. Well, when, when am I gonna get to talk then? I'm, we, listen, we, we have the, limited the, the, time. The, 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 there's a lot of trash on that Michigan State offense that needs to be addressed. Brian Lewerke finally looks decent because he finally got the quarterback coach back where he needs to be. Receivers not great, not great. Defense looks elite. Only gave up ten points yesterday. Although on the last drive that they had, even the coordinator decides he's gonna go prevent. What's that about? And Mark D'Antonio at no point steps in and says, nah, stop that prevent shit. Go back to say that kept them to three points for 57 minutes of the game. He ain't got it no more. It's gone. And like I said on Twitter, I can't even be mad. I've resigned myself to understanding that Mark D'Antonio will never have a good offense in Michigan State again. All right, now you can talk. Already. So... I understand that uh, Mark D'Antonio does not deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to offense at this point. Correct. But I do have to say that the offense, the struggles the offense has this year is not the same as it has had in the previous years when it was abysmal. As you've mentioned before, the offensive line has improved greatly. Um, The running backs, the issue with the running backs right now is Michigan State has one real running back and two quarterbacks that were converted to running backs. I'm not sure what happened with recruiting. I'm not sure somebody else is hurt, but they're desperate to find a number two back. Elijah obviously can't run the ball like 40 times a game. They need somebody else back there. Uh, Hayward is great out in space, but he's not great from the from um, the backfield. So that's not going to work out. There's something that needs to be addressed, and they need to figure that out. Um. Yeah, end of the game. End of the day, yes, points is what matters. Points is what wins your games. That is true. But like I said, it's like it's the reason why I want to give you uh, Michigan State one more week. I use Northwestern to truly decide whether Michigan State is like abysmal, like in previous years, or if it's just average at the moment. Just just needs to continue to improve. Cause and right now I'm I'm in a position where I'm thinking they they can improve. Because they did put up 400 yards of offense. I saw a lot of unlucky things happen. Like more like more unlucky things than like what, what the normal just lack of luck that teams have. It was just like I seen um I seen like the most awkward fumble that ever ever happened. Like it was like it looked like he was down, but then like the ball, like, I don't know. It it was just weird. You had to look at it. It was a weird fumble. Um the team drove down the field a field goal range. Quite a few times, but because the kicker missed the first two field goals, now they're going for it on, like, fourth and, like, seven when they would usually just punt, kick the ball. So, I mean, it's points that is left on the field in that way just because you lose confidence in your kicker. It's like there was some questionable penalties in the red zone that went from, like, okay, you fir- like you uh, are, like, second and, uh, like, five in um, the red zone. Now, all of a sudden, it's second and 15, 
because of some like nonsense uh penalty or even like like on the defensive side where it was like the dude was um being held or like and then all of a sudden they would call the holding but then they'll say oh there was a hands to the face which wasn't actually hands to the face then it was like it was just stuff like that and uh, and then the thing is when you have an average offense you, it's hard to overcome those things. Like when you have a good offense, you can overcome that. When you have an average offense, you can't afford those those like like those mistakes. You can't afford having unlucky stuff, unlucky situations like that. Like the difference of like I saw Arizona State only put up like hundred something yards of total offense, still won somehow. I saw Michigan State put up four hundred yards of offense, still lost somehow. Like to me, that's like they did. I I, I don't see a, a bad offense overall. I see an offense that played poorly that day. There's a difference to me in that. Um, so I'm gonna get them one more week. I'm gonna get them to Northwestern, the Northwestern game to figure it out. That being said, I do think they playing some people out of position on the offensive side of the ball. Like I do think Hayward should be playing more like H back, like uh, slot receiver because he's great out in space and he's a, he's a pretty decent receiver in the position that you mentioned me earlier. We kind of lacking in. Our star receiver, Daryl Stewart, I feel like they need to split him out more. They play him in the slot, but he's 6'2", like 200-something pounds. He's tall enough and big enough to play X. They need to put him at X because we don't have anybody that can just go over the top outside of Daryl Stewart. So I think they need to put him out at X. Um, and, uh, yeah, play more disciplined ball. I think uh, Northwestern is a true test. Um, Michigan State has tended to struggle against Northwestern in the past. I guess this don't match up well. But if Michigan State's offense can put up, I'm going to say 30. If they can put up 30, I'll say I- I'll look forward to the rest of the season. They ain't we'll going to put up no damn 30. I know Obi ain't hopeful. They'll be like, but... <laughs> put up 20. They ain't put up no damn but 30. But I am still hopeful. But I still am hopeful. If they well, if they put up twenty, I'm gonna call their offense. I'll call their offense uh, better than previous I years. Won't. I'll tell you that much. Them niggas is trash. <laughs> I'll say improved. I'll say improved. You know what I'm saying? But 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 I think if if they put up thirty, I'll call them good. If not, I'm saying I'll probably be on your side then. So I guess it's my turn to ramp on somebody. Yep. Because I'm looking at Houston. Have at it. And I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the. I'm going to start with the offense. I'm going to start with the offense. So, first of all, Dana needs to relinquish play calling duties immediately. Immediately. Because I don't know what the play selection is. I don't know why the play calls are coming in so slowly. But every time I look on the sideline, De'Aaron King looks pissed off. Looks pissed off at the world. Okay. Previous seasons, De'Aaron King be smiling. He'd be out here uh, talking to the receivers, talking to the O-line, like trying to get people hyped up, you know what I'm saying? Like, like basically being like a second coach on the sidelines. All I see now, every single time he comes in the sideline, he's pissed off. You know why he's pissed off? Because they're not letting him ball. They're not let, they, 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 they put handcuffs on what he can do. Like, 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 like they, they're saying, oh, stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. He's already a pocket passer who can run extremely well. He's already a pocket passer. You ain't got to tell him to stay in the pocket. You ain't got to emphasize that, all right? But when you emphasize it, when you emphasize saying, oh, we want we, we want him to be a, a, a pass-first quarterback when he's already a pass-first quarterback, now it's in his head. It's like, well, damn, uh, they don't want me to run. I, I need to be pass-first, even though he already passed-first. I need to be pass-first. Now he's slower to make the decision. And the defense knows he's supposed to be pass-first. Now they changing up how they defend us. They're not. They're not... They're not scared of the deep ball no more. 
partly because we don't like partly because sorry they're not scared of deep ball anymore partly because they're not afraid of the run so they can drop everybody back but the other part is we don't throw the deep ball anymore Okay, with Kendall Bryles' offense, that Bryles boy that I don't mess with, but he had a good offense, we threw the ball deep, like, like I swear, like 30% of the time. Like, we, we just had burners on the field. We had Courtney Lark on the field, which, where the hell is Courtney Lark at? But we had Courtney Lark on the field, who, the second fast dude on the team. Marquez Stevenson, we had Corbin, Keith Corbin, had Bryson Smith, and we just throw the ball deep. They didn't know it was catch the ball, but you had to think about it. As a defensive, as a defensive squad, you had to think about it. You know what I'm saying? Now they're not even that they're not even scared. They're not even scared to run. They're not they they they, they can just play two deep safeties. They ain't they ain't afraid of of, of Derrick King scrambling. We ain't made them afraid of Derrick King scrambling. All right? Too damn conservative. Why are you playing so conservative? Why are you playing so slow? We are fast. It's Houston, baby. We run fast. We we hustle to the ball. Y'all, y'all wanna take your time, take 20 seconds, have five seconds left, not even enough time to audible if the defense is messed, if the defense don't look right. We have the mo- we have the most athletic receiving core in the American Conference, in the American Conference, and we plan. And no, nobody, but but we're not scheming people open. We're not scheming people open. We're not we're not throwing over the top. How? How? <laughs> I ain't done. I ain't done. It it it, 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 it was. I want I want the, the the audience to start thinking about what I said for a second. Okay. Now, what I'm seeing right now is parallels between Greg Ward's senior year with Tom Herman and De'Ara King's senior year right now. You see, the junior year for both of them had Heisman was Heisman finalist caliber seasons. Okay, it was seasons where if they had those same seasons at say I don't know Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, if they had those same seasons, they probably would have been invited to New York. You know what I'm saying? Then they senior year, the coaches are like, oh, we want you to emphasize pass first, even though they were already pass first. Now, all of a sudden, they, 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 they mentally are off, and now they don't play their game. I've seen the same thing happen with Greg Waters happening. De'Aaron King scored 50 touchdowns last year in 10 games. He ain't got to change shit. What you got him changing his game for? Dana, what's going on with you? Let him cook. And where the hell is Corny Lark at? Boy played three plays this whole game, this whole season. He started last year. Boy was balling last year. Where the hell is he at? He had the audacity to talk about those who deserve to play will play on, on Saturdays. Boy, play the best player you got. Play the best players you got. Isaiah Chambers on the bench. We're going to skip to the defense. Isaiah Chambers, third, third string defensive end. That's our best defensive end on the squad. He playing, he's third string, though. Why? Because he hurt your feelings about, about something? Boy, punish that boy and put him on the field. I don't care what the hell he did. I don't care what the hell he did. He's played like two plays this whole season. Put him on the field. Emil Fleming in the, in the, in the damn middle, messing things up. That boy ain't been good ever. He, we need help on the D-line. So put the best players in the goddamn game. All right? Defensive coordinator needs to be fired. I don't know what the hell he doing. Okay? Playing way too conservative. Put, go on, go on, rush three. This boy, this boy, what, 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 what was his name? The, the quarterback, uh, Anthony Gordon. For Washington State, this we rushed three three dudes the whole the whole damn game, and he had like 20 seconds to throw the football. You putting too much pressure on the secondary, okay? Then the times we did blitz, he was flushed out the pocket and had to throw it away. Imagine that. 
Imagine that. Then you got Grant Stewart, oh slow ass. I, I love his effort. I love his effort. But he playing Nickelback. That's a linebacker playing Nickelback. Of course he can't guard no damn body. He play, he covering slot receivers and running backs. And you wonder why he getting burned every play. What you got Grant Stewart playing Nickelback for? That's a damn shame. What y'all doing? And where the hell is our Jay Chambers? Put that boy on the field, man. Come on. I'm done. Were you expecting me to disagree with any of that? Man, I thought, I, I ain't say he was going to disagree with none of that. I just said, that's my rant. You know what I'm saying? My my only view is that he's had good game plans uh, for the, the two real teams that we played, Oklahoma and Washington State. Um, if not for holding by the offensive line, we probably win the Washington State game going away. Um, we had chances against Oklahoma. Derek has not been a sharp passer uh, this whole year. He wasn't a great because passer. Because they're not afraid like, of was, his running attack. They're well, not no, afraid of his missed, running attack. He, he's missed open receivers, too. It's not, it's not just that that Dan is not running an offense that, that suits Derek's skills. He's also missed some open receivers. He did against Washington State as well. Um, so, there, I mean, there has been some good. I would say the game plans have been better for our big games than they were last year. Like, we needed, to, we needed to slow it down some. Some against Texas Tech last year. Um, but that's that's really the only thing good I can say. <laughs> you could take somebody that had 50 touchdowns in 10 and a half games last year, and he has, like, five touchdowns total in three games. That's not that's not what we need. 400 yards like passing through, through three games. Yeah, that's not, that's not what we need. I don't know what Dana needs to do, but he needs, he needs to figure something out because we have the pieces on offense to be just as explosive as we were last year. And we could be sitting at 2-1 and one instead of 1-2 and two right now. It would have been tough to beat Oklahoma. We would have needed to play a perfect game against Oklahoma to beat them, especially at their place because they, they were so good on offense. But we could have put more pressure on them with our offense. But I, but I don't blame them for I thought he had, Like I said, I thought he had a good game plan. Uh, Derek missed some throws that you would normally expect him to make, um, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't fault him for the game plans in either the Oklahoma or Washington State games. But we have Derek King, and I don't think that we're using him as effectively as we could. So I don't think Dan has ever coached somebody like Derek King. He doesn't quite have the imagination to figure that out, and he's the one that's calling the plays. Like if he if it were like last year West Virginia when he had somebody else coach calling the plays, I think we might be in better shape. But I, hey, what I hell? think next year they'll I think next year they'll be better because they're trying to redshirt like mad people, um, which which is something that Tom Herman and Major Abboy should have been doing instead. But that's neither here nor there. Um, there's a lot of people that could be playing that are not playing. Uh, we have some some super talented people. <laughs> Every time I see our D line not able to get pressure, I think that we have the former number three player in the country sitting on the bench because he's not eligible for this season. But we also have Isaiah Chambers sitting on the bench who is eligible. I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know. Uh, maybe either. they're trying. To, I don't know if they're trying to redshirt him or what. Man, they're not trying to redshirt him. Dana said himself. He said it like yesterday or something. Because um, Joseph Duarte, uh, what's it called? Joseph Duarte. Um, he, he said that Dana said it. He reported it. That's the word I'm looking for. See, I'm flustered right now. He said players, he, that, players that deserve to play will play? Yes. 
What is that nonsense? What is that high school nonsense? Well, listen, uh, unless you're going to come out and say we've had some issues with Isaiah, he needs to be on the field. Him and Courtney Luck. Yeah. I I honestly think part of it is whenever you get a new coaching staff that didn't recruit the players that are on the team, there's a little bit of people they get caught up in people bringing, like I said, practice player All-Americans. Um, I'm tired of these coaches coming in talking about, oh, I, I didn't watch any of Houston's games last year. Maybe you should. Maybe you should see what people's skill sets are. If a quarterback, see who, can, see, see who can actually do it on the field exactly. instead of just at practice. Which, like, what are you doing? Talking about some, why don't you watch them in, in the game and then be impartial in practice? You, you, you can do both. You, you don't have to. You, you can be like, okay, well, you have to still earn your position, but you can still be like, okay, well, this dude is good at this set of things. De'Ara King had 50 damn touchdowns last year. You should probably look at his game tape from last year to see what the hell um, Kendall Browse did to, produce, to, ha- to help him produce 50 touchdowns. How about that? How about yep. you do that? Talking about something. I ain't, ain't going to watch no games last year. Hey, everybody get a clean slate. Not, not everybody deserves a clean slate. Not everybody good enough to deserve a clean slate. How about that? Damn, There's Jer- people out Jeremy. there on the field that, that proved last year that they can't play. Jeremy Singleton, no skinny ass. Can't, can't, you, you, you blow, you, you, uh, you blow on him. The boy gonna, gonna fold somewhere. Play Courtney Luck. Stop playing around. I mean, Jeremy, a good, a good two deep receiver. Good backup receiver. He ain't a starter, though. Shouldn't be getting starter snaps. Yeah, I agree. No. No. Man. So we gotta talk about Antonio Brown. So this morning, uh, Ian Rappaport had uh, announced that or reported that Antonio Brown is going to play today uh, for New England officially. So he did. Um, he had a pretty good game. I guess we'll talk about it more on the NFL check-in. And uh, also that tomorrow, he, uh, NFL is going to interview his accuser. So some of the things that uh, we learned from sources was that the NFL and the Patriots were not aware of the pending charges before A.B. signing. And that uh, another player was in the house when the alleged incident took place. Additionally, uh, AB uh, declined signing the $2 million settlement agreement on the same day that he signed the um, contract with the Patriots. And we do have sound on that from Jeff Darlington right now. As Brown was preparing to sign his contract last week with the Patriots, he also faced the decision about whether to sign another contract. This one to pay his accuser more than $2 million out of a settlement agreement to end a sexual assault claim. What the public didn't know, while Brown was in the news for things like finding a new helmet and frostbitten feet, he was also in settlement discussions starting in April, including two mediations, the first of which happened in May. That situation culminated Sunday night, and according to sources that I've spoken to, Brown was given a 10 p.m. deadline to sign the settlement agreement or the accuser's attorney would be filing their lawsuit the following day. That's the same day Brown's contract with the Patriots would be formalized. Now, Brown did not sign it. The suit was filed two days later. So what do you make of all this, Obi? The fact that he didn't sign it makes me think that he's he's willing to fight it. Um... Which makes me think maybe he he feels he didn't do anything wrong. Because clearly his first thought was, let's just get this done and over with. Um, but uh, yeah, he 
I guess he felt that the price was too high. I I'm I honestly I don't know. I, I don't like, know. I feel like that's the best answer with um this particular situation. Just I don't know. You know, let's just continue to wait for more facts to come out. I am interested to hear what um what his accuser has to say. I keep forgetting. Was it Brittany Taylor? Is that her name? I want to say. But I need to look it up. But um, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. I believe I heard it on um high noon. But Monty was like, "Ain't no, there ain't no reward for being like the first one right on this." So let's just let's just wait. Yeah, basically. Man, it is just now. I don't have it. I have no idea. Have nothing. No clue. It's still waiting. Finally, let's do our NFL check-in. First things first, Lamar Jackson is the real deal. Lamar still real killing deal Jackson. It. Still, still killing, killing it. Still doing his thing. Did you watch any of the uh, NFL games today? I did. Um, I saw the, the Saints just get completely robbed by the officials again against the Rams. <laughs> most, most notably, there was a play where... Uh, Saints defensive end stripped the ball from um, from Jared Goff while he was he was throwing, but the ball got stripped. So it was a fumble. The Saints recovered it and took it for a touchdown. And then somehow the the Saints got possession, but not the touchdown. <laughs> and like there was a rule change that you weren't supposed to pull, blow those plays dead. So you could call a touchdown, then review it, and then if it wasn't a fumble, then you just change it. But if it was, then you give the you rightly award the touchdown. But they did not do that. So yeah, yeah. not well, sure you, what well, the you, issue was there, but yeah, well, it messed up. You should blame the Saints fans for that because all that damn complaining about the refs that just makes the refs worse. Ask uh, NBA basketball players about what happens when you complain about the refs. Do the rest perform better or do they uh, look at y'all squad and looking to be ticky tacky and looking to, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 ain't, I ain't accusing the refs of, of nothing, but I ain't not accusing the refs of nothing. So maybe y'all should, you know, just calm down. You know what I'm saying? Just, just regular complaining about the refs like the rest of us do instead of, you know, filing lawsuits against the damn NFL. All right. How about you calm yourself down? Hmm? Hmm? Damn losers. Anyway, uh, knew it was not a loser. Uh, Patriots, you know, who are bigger losers than the Saints, the Dolphins. Uh, Patriots put up um, them 43 points, the 40 piece on them. And uh, Antonio Brown had four receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Just to let y'all know. So he's uh, he's uh, looking comfortable in the offense. The, just off the numbers. I didn't watch the game. I don't watch NFL football. But just off the numbers. Looked pretty good. Houston beat Jacksonville by a very slim margin. Because Jacksonville decided to be dumb and go for the win. It's like, why? Just as they, they, they said they said they're going to go for two after scoring a touchdown where an extra point would have tied it. They're like, now we're going for the win, and they didn't get it. Why? Why did you? This is this is the NFL. I can understand like a non-conference game in college, but. This is the this is every game counts here. Why would you go for two? 
I mean, I'm not complaining, you know, H-Town, hold it down. But, yeah. Okay, let's go look at Buffalo, where um, the homie Ed Oliver, I mean, he's actually, not actually my homie, but you get the point. Uh, he's in Buffalo. Let's see what the homie Ed did. Oh, look at, look at Josh Allen for Buffalo. Okay. Man's had 19 for 30, you know, 253 yards, a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? He was sacked three times, but, you know, they got the dub. Um, and uh, Eli Manning, uh, n- not so good. 26 for 45, 250 yards, and two interceptions, and a touchdown. Um, d- didn't really matter. No. Sa- Sa- Saquon balled, though. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He, he, I mean, he's the only good player on that team. Only good player on the that team. The fact that the Bills are sitting here at 2-0 and is amazing. <laughs> It is. It is. Ed Oliver, two tackles and a pass deflection. All right. I see you, bro. Nice. I see you, bro. Nice. Out here. Good stuff. And I see Kansas City won. Apparently, their streak ended um, in terms of, uh, I think they had the longest streak ever of first quarter scores or was it first quarter touchdowns. I forget which one it was. But they had the longest streak in NFL history, and it ended today. They still won, though. So that's really all that matters. And that's any, true. Did anything else notable happen in the NFL today? Uh, I think we covered it. Shoot. Well, well, college will be the best football in the world once uh, they start playing them players. That's all I can say. Yes. So this concludes another episode of Run the Play. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Run the Play Pod. R U N T. You don't know how to spell Run the Play Pod. Pod is P O D. And then that's <laughs> um, still under construction. You can follow us on Twitter at the CS Pod. In the meantime, that's T H E C S P O D. And um, yeah, that's it. Chai, where can the people find you at? At Chai is Nuclear on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out my work on nuclearkite.com. My album, Mind of a Recluse, is out right now. You can listen to that. It's had um, great reviews. Nobody has told me they don't like it. So, and not only that, everybody told me that it was really dope. So you can be part of the in crowd and go listen to that right now for the low, low price of three ninety nine. Um, yeah, you know that's that's about it. That's all I got. Bad. So for Cha, I'm Obes. This is Run the Play, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.